inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Hello, good morning. How are you, Brian? Uh, not too bad. <laughs> Bit of a so Monday morning. Had some internet troubles at home, which well, is always fun. Hate it. But other than that, it's not. It's the weather's warming up. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The seasons do help help me with. Yeah. Cheering me up a it's bit. Not in the middle of January better, anymore. So. Yeah. Uh, so we're Outlook, and we're back on another Monday morning. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at. Outlook CFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. That's correct. Yes, thank you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so first I guess we should just talk about uh, Friday night. Um, actually, this week is actually designated um, Volunteer uh, Awareness or Recognition Week. Yeah, I didn't know that. You told me. Yeah. Is that is that a new thing? Was that the no, case? No, I wrote a blog post on it um, back in 2014. Um but I just thought it fits because Friday night we attended the um, awards volunteer volunteer awards, awards recognition <laughs> ceremony. Radio Western. It's they've they've done it in the past, um, but it's been a few years. Yeah, because so. you haven't you didn't go when you started your show. No, I I started here in 2017, and they haven't had it. I think it was like four or five years ago was the last one. So <laughs> so lucky we got to check it out, and it was at the Palisade here in London. Yeah, that's at Oxford and Adelaide, yeah. and I don't think I'd ever been there before. Me so. neither. I always talk, heard about the food and the, the games, and on a Friday night, that we would be interested, interesting to check that out. So yeah, we're, we appreciate being, thank you Radio Western for inviting us, and for uh, giving us the award that you did. Um, it was, uh, I guess, a picture of a record, and it's, I guess, we're the new kids in town or something. Yeah, it's We're not the new kids on the block. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's called the New Kid in Town Award, or New Kids in Town in our case. Um, which new show. It's based on, yeah, the new 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 radio show on the station, and we started in September. So, yeah, we've been here for seven months now, starting our eighth month here, I guess. So, yeah, it was an honor to receive that award, and thanks to everyone here at Radio Western. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great event. Yeah, it was a great night. Saw some, some, hang out with some people, and had some really good food there, and... Um, the microphone had a few issues, but we know technology issues. <laughs> yeah, I'm always dealing with that kind of stuff. So happens. It can happen. So then the, the uh, presenters just ended up shouting the awards. <laughs> that was fun with like bowling in the background. But, um, yeah, so that was our Friday night. Um, anything else you want to say about that, Brad? I mean, we will actually come back to that near later because I have a topic I wanted to get to that kind of fits um, that evening's events, but. Um, I did just want to say that um, an update from what I said last week on the show, if anybody um, was tuning into that, uh, we were featured on CTV there, was it three weeks ago or a month ago? Yeah, something and, like that. Uh, and all of a sudden, I got a, we got a letter in the mail from an old doctor um, who treated my kidney disease back in 96. 
and 97. And so that was just a nice unexpected surprise. And so, yeah, so you know, since then I wrote him back. And uh, Yeah, I saw you had a follow-up. I didn't get to talk to you about it, so yeah, interesting to hear what you... He actually doesn't live too far from you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. He lives in London or the, other, the west end of London, uh-huh. sort of near here, so... I was like, well, I in the in the letter asked, I gave him my address and my phone number. I thought maybe I said, do you it, let me know if you want to maybe meet sometime and catch up or whatever. It'd be fun to see see someone like that again from my life. Um, but I was like, well, maybe we can get him on the show someday. <laughs> um, I don't know. I shouldn't push it. Probably. Oh, you never know. You but never like know. we like we said before, our show deals primarily with with blindness yeah. and growing up with blindness. But we also both have. Um, it's part of the syndrome that we have is the kidney kidney disease as well. And we both had transplants. So, you know, th- these are also very important issues. So we're definitely going to talk about organ donation and well, yeah, kidney a, disease and all that kind of platform, stuff on this show as well. Might as well use it. Yeah, because these are, these are also very important issues that we want to share our, our outlook on and mm-hmm. get wider attention and discussion going on this stuff. But, um, yeah, so, and in the news, I'm sure most people have heard, um, yesterday and today was called Green Shirt Day. Um, cause, so I remember it was a year ago, um, this past weekend or the other day, um, that I was at your place. I don't know, we were recording for our other, the podcast that we do or something. Um, and I heard all of a sudden the news came on and about this, this bus, uh, this bus, um, full of young guys, um, the hockey team, the humble, uh, Broncos, and um, that they'd been in this horrible crash and and lost many lives, and uh, and then it came out that one of the boys had discussed wanting to donate his organs, um, sort of right before this this sort of unexpected tragedy hit, and uh, you know you never think that a twenty year old twenty one year old is going to need that uh, to so you know, but he wanted to so- sign his daughter card. It makes me wonder what makes someone do that. Well, I was. Like hearing about this, these stats, and I mentioned it when he came up on the Junos when David Foster was talking about it on the Juno Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, but that they say only just over, I think it went up a couple percent. It's just over twenty percent now of Canadians have signed their organ donation card, whereas they say eighty, I think it's around eighty percent of Canadians say that they are open to donating their organs. So mm-hmm. I don't really know the the process or why it's why oh. people want to do it, but they, then it doesn't end up happening. And I I've think, never done it, but. Yeah, so it's just it is kind of a weird. I would be willing to donate my body for science, however. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> us with with kidney disease, I don't think people necessarily want our our organs. I don't know. Maybe but, someday uh, they can make it that they would. Yeah, you never know. Because we've never given blood for you know. Yeah, we can't we can't donate blood, blood either, which is also medically uh, an important thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's if, just as needed. I'm sure they needed lots of blood after that accident too. Yeah, possibly. I know people in, like people in our family, um, our brother make sure to donate blood he, he's donated yep. dozens and dozens of times I don't even know how many times everybody, now so everybody yeah, in our family who can does yeah so this, it's definitely related but I just uh, mean what makes a 20 year old even decide to I mean something happening in, in their life that touches them uh, directly well yeah when you're maybe when you ex- when you're experiencing you're in that dire situation or you know you're in a crash or something happens where it's it hits you it sort of comes right at you and you think these things start to come to mind. Whereas when you're just living your everyday life, you don't really, if you think about or, donating your organs, then you're, you're thinking about, you don't want to go down gonna, that road when you're going to pass away. And it's just, it's a depressing <laughs> subject, obviously. So I think a lot of it just has to do with fear and people not wanting to think about that kind of stuff. 
but you but know, you being someone who has received one, it's just such a weird side to be on in the issue. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it is a tough spot um, because yeah, it's I was I was on um, dialysis. I received my first kidney. I um, it was a living donor. It was from my mom, so that one that's different, right? That's yeah, that one I was only on dialysis for a couple months. A parent and does that, and that was twenty years ago. Um, whereas the second time, you know, I had to go on the waiting list this time, which is where you you um, and you even be, left from Toronto to London just to try and speed the process up. Yeah, they said the wait time in Toronto would be longer than London. I don't know if that's still the case in Ontario. I, don't think, it is I think they now. changed that, right? They try to make um, that more fair, fair level playing field there, but but yeah, I was on I was on dialysis for I guess just over three years before I got yeah. got a kidney, and that's you know you you get used to, you adapt to it like like we talk about on the show. We're always adapting and you know dealing with what we have, and it just becomes the way things are, and you don't really think about it. But still, it's it is time consuming going on dialysis three times a week, and you're just you feel you get by and it helps it's good that they have that obviously but it's oh, yeah. it's not the same as having a having a new kidney and being able to just get on with your life so yeah very important yeah i mean and uh, so i don't know if you i assume you don't know what i'm wearing today as you can't see what i'm wearing but <laughs> no. um so yesterday i was out uh and um i was wearing my green jacket but uh <laughs> today i'm wearing um just for the show since we're talking about it and everything and i think for some, I don't know the reason why, but they extended it. So t- yesterday and today yeah, are, are both green shirt day, I guess. Um, but it's amazing how quick all that came about. But yeah, so I'm wearing a green uh, jersey um, that I got when I was in Ireland, which, you know, getting a kidney allowed me to have the kind of life where I could travel and go to Ireland. So so this is, I had to get this shirt when I was in County Kerry because my name is Kerry and it's the exact, it's the same spelling that, which is the K-E-R-R-Y. It's not as common. Um, so I bought this jersey and I'm not a football slash soccer fan, but I just had to. So it's green, obviously, Ireland green. And so it kind of fits. <laughs> but um, Yeah, so yeah, it's amazing, like I was saying, how fast this has taken off. Like since I, in this last year, uh, so it's Logan Bullet, B-O-U-L-E-T effect is the it's hashtag Logan Bullet effect um, and Green Shirt Day. And it's amazing how fast this has spread. Like his family sort of did this ultimate sacrifice thing with their child who wasn't going to, who didn't make it. And, and it's, and saved, was it six to eight lives with organs? Um, and it's just sort of spread across Canada as this major movement. And so now this being the one year mark, they just they're really getting a lot. So they say that the um the don the the signing the donor card that that's gone up. People coming to that actual conclusion, not just saying it, but you know doing it since he died. And yeah, well, I think that's the, that the, the, the. I think it was two or three percent. It's gone up. But it was a hockey year. team, right? And that affected a lot of that that you know touched a lot of people because Canada loves loves our hockey. So yeah, and then these kids, you know, with their whole lives ahead of them. So yeah, it's a it's a big thing here that. Just thought we should refer to. Yeah, definitely keep keep talking about it on the show. Keep reminding people. Well, it's just there was this thing on Twitter. I just wanted to say before we move on, kind of with that. Um, so now, so now Nova Scotia is trying to figure out a way, and they're doing this. They're trying to pass um, legislation for opt in um, out. Meaning, so right now, if you want to donate your organs, you go and sign your donor card and go to. But you know. They're thinking maybe let's make it everybody 
when they become, you know, everybody is going to donate their organs, basically, unless they opt out, unless they make the effort. So it's switching it around. So they have to make the effort if they don't want to. And some people say, well, that's the government getting in my life and pushing me and influencing and making me, you know, do this thing. And, and I don't know, why do I have to go and opt out? I have to, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Try to look at other people's perspectives. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough because, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to be. Like, get a real problem, man. But yeah. We're definitely not, I'm not the type of person to judge someone, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's comes back to that thing we were, the discussion we had last week and in general about every person for themselves versus all sort of working together. And yeah. I mean, that's just Canada. We're, we're, thought, right? Yeah. We're, we're all at the same, we're all living our lives. We're all, we all need go through help a lot sometimes. of the same stuff and yeah, until it affects you, you don't think about it, but it's, um, it's important that we all work together on this kind of stuff and hmm. stand together. So. Just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you want to give a quick little TD update. Uh, now that we're naming them, which you know, yeah, so it is the way it is. Yeah, I mean, so I've been discussing this bank that I applied applied for a call call center position, and it was a bit of a process. There was some accessibility issues with the online simulation to to even complete the hiring process. Um, so I was. I was fortunate. I eventually got the a formal phone interview, which was great. Um, and it was my first ever ever job interview. Um, I'm, I just turned 32, so it can be depressing sometimes. Yeah, but it hard. is it is what it is, and you got to start sometime. So it was a really good experience. Unfortunately, I got a call back last week, and I was not selected to move on to the in person interview. Um, and it's 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 a tough spot to be in because I I understand why, um, but it's also Unfortunate, and it's something I'm trying to work on, and hope, hopefully will change over time with with blind people. But the the main reason being that, which you know, I wasn't surprised by this, that the other candidates just they had previous experience working in high paced environments, whether it be McDonald's or retail, or mm-hmm. um, so they had customer service experience yeah. in the past and sort of fast paced environments and sales practice in sales, whereas. Yeah. I had to use my my volunteer experience, you know, with the Canadian Federation of the Blind, organizing events through them and fundraising and and just trying to tie in my the volunteer work I do here at the radio and my advocacy and working with people at these conventions and public speaking and I had to try and tie all these things in. But it's just you use what you can, but it's yeah, and st- it's still it's, sometimes it just still doesn't feel like enough. It's tough to relate that to these experiences, and and I get it. It's different when you're when you're working in a in a high volume call environment where it's you know you're dealing with all these calls fast paced throughout the whole day and you don't you've never had previous experience and this this position I was I applied for wasn't a it wasn't an entry position um <laughs> it paid it paid quite well and it would have been a really great position but I get that it's hard to get into these things if you don't have this previous experience but then the problem that we face as blind people is it's tough to get that to get that entry level job experience um growing up and you know, it's it's not to say that even if I did get this job at the bank, it would have been fully accessible in the end, or that I would have thrived in the environment. I f- I feel like I have the ability to. I think I, you know, I'm I'm older. I've had I have had a lot of life experience. Maybe I don't have this actual work experience, but I think I've done enough sell, volunteering. Sell, sell. Um, and I think I would do do a great job at it. And it's just it's the way the hiring process and interview works in general, where it mm-hmm. you know they want. They need this experience, and if they don't have it, there's another candidate that does have it. They're gonna they're gonna choose them, and it's not to say that other people wouldn't do a good job at it, but it's just it's kind of the way the system works, and 
you just gotta you gotta keep at it and you gotta tr- tr- try and find the opportunities you can get and so uh, on a whole it was it was a good experience I'm glad that they did some more research into it and you know realized that maybe it would be possible even though originally they were saying the the system they used wasn't wasn't uh, accessible they did some more research and said yeah maybe it would be accessible so we'll, we will move you along in the process um, so yeah, it's just it was all a learning experience and But yeah, I mean maybe maybe a call center is not where you are meant to be in the end. So maybe you know there's other uh, things you could explore that maybe may turn out better the way it's supposed But see, to be. I I always thought a call center would be like something like wor- working in a like working in a McDonald's for example, which you know, we're on we're on ODSP, the Ontario Disability Support Program. So working a entry level job like that is it's pretty hard to to be convinced to do it even if we were able to do it. Um, I mean, a lot of those businesses aren't probably that accessible with touch screens and um, their systems. Whereas a call center, you're working on a computer and you're working with phones and mm-hmm. it, it seems like a little bit more of an accessible thing. And you're than, sitting there. You're not rushing around. Yeah, you're not running with. around all day and stuff. It might be fast paced, but it's it's still like anything. If you get, if you get practice. sit on your ass fast paced. <laughs> there's an intensive training program and it's it seems like something that would be doable. Um, so maybe even looking into some other call center jobs that are more entry level that aren't as yeah, I mean, aren't working at a to. bank that you know that would be more just just doing surveys or some of those other ones might be more out, outbound calls which aren't as fun i don't a lot of people don't like receiving calls what is it? having to Eric calls it cold calling yeah well yeah it's he, he had a job that he couldn't stand our chairman in Ontario for CFB um. yeah and i mean even volunteering my brother suggested like Carrie used to um, volunteer here here in London, I think, way back at a d- distress center, I think it was called. Yeah, it was a London district distress center. And even something like that on a resume would at least show that you've done some work on the phone at, at a center, even if it's volunteer. And something like that might even help. As a, as I a, mean, that has its own high-stress elements. You know, a, a distress center where people are, you know, in, in actual distress, um, that has its own component of pressure and things. So I guess I can see what you mean. But yeah, yeah, because it's it's at least related to um, a call call center where where I had no, I had nothing on the phones. I've never done any job mm. on the phones. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it is what it is. There's you know you always got to keep looking for more opportunities. And maybe if I get more experience in volunteering or or some volunteering at call centers, I could reapply for this this position in a year or two. And you mm-hmm. never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I've I found some other opportunities. There's a through Accessible Media Incorporated, which we've talked about. We were on a program on their station recently. They have these new eight-week apprenticeships. They're paid apprenticeships in Toronto, and Accessible Media Inc. is the accessible TV uh, channel, and they have an online audio radio service as well throughout Canada. So they have this apprenticeship that people could work in Toronto for eight weeks, um, you know, behind the scenes, helping produce programs and editing audio. And it's more, more related to what I went to school for, which is another, it's like any business. It's, it's another hard area to get into, but this, this also looked like a great opportunity. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to apply to that and look into that as well. Yeah. It's good that you did have something in the back of your mind. Yeah. You can never soften the blow a little, you know, to, to, the fact that I've just started applying for positions, yeah, it's pretty rare to get the first thing you apply it's for. Like it's like meeting just, the first person you meet is going to be, the, you know, the love of your life or something. It just yeah. doesn't usually happen that way. So. Well, good. Good update there. <laughs> Looking forward to see what happens there. Yeah, we shall see. So just sort of bringing it around again to um, 
Friday night. I was on the... So the Canadian Federation of the Blind has started these support group calls. Um, and for anybody who just needs to talk about an issue, something, you know, dealing with blindness and stuff, kind of the kind of things we talk about here, that's why I'm going to bring this up. Um, but a call for anybody across Canada who wants to join. Yeah, so anyone anyone who listens, is listening to the show, either whether it be live or on the podcast... Uh, afterwards that we post online. Mm-hmm. If if any of this stuff interests you, we do have conference calls for the Canadian Federation of the Blind every month as well as this. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other ones. There's this employment mastermind group that we've started and then this support group that Carrie's talking about. Mm-hmm. And anyone can join these calls, um, especially if you are visually impaired or blind. But even if you're if you have someone in your life that is, or if you're a parent of someone who's who's mm-hmm. blind or you, any of this stuff interests you, you're always welcome on these calls and you can always hit us up on Twitter at Outlook CFB. Or Facebook. Or yeah. Facebook to inquire about when these calls are and how to how to get on them. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I was on the yeah, one. You were on the one Thursday, on Thursday I was, night. I was and up, there were, um, there was this good conversation about dealing with social situations. Uh, and I thought that applied to Friday night just because, and I'm not going to get into everything that was said on the call because I don't, you know, confidentiality or whatever. But um, so Friday night we went to the Palisade with everybody uh, at this awards. And it's those situations that we, that we, so at the call on Thursday night, I said, I'm going to this thing tomorrow night and I'm going to really try to get into the situation next time um, when I'm out with everybody and, you know, try not to let my blindness hold me back and fear, you know, (laughs) trying to socialize in a big, loud, crazy, busy group. And, you know, I get there and um, we get some, you know, assistants getting through all the games to find the room where the awards are going on and we sit down and they have such great food and there's so many, you know, nice people willing to help. And uh, so we just sort of, you know, always fall into that. And it, it takes a couple hours. Like you did start to, you know, find people you were talking to, but it just took a couple hours. And it, the, the, the fear of standing up and just wandering around the room, it's real because it's just awkward. You don't, you're not doing it with a purpose like someone cited. You can't get up and look at a group and you know make a point to walk over to them because you know someone there or you want to say something to someone. You just walk and you just feel aimless. And so yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough balance because some people are just more outgoing and more social. And yeah, it's not it doesn't that, matter if you're blind if you're really outgoing. You and it's not that we're not, but we are. We do tend. Carrie and I both are similar in some way, a lot of ways. And um, yeah, we're a little more introverted. And you know that can be anyone. Um, there can also be people who are blind who are more more outgoing. So it's not necessarily all about all about not being able to see, but it does does come into play where it's there's this thing where you're kind of sitting there and you almost feel like an object sometimes, mm-hmm. or you're like. You, you wait for people to approach you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can listen for people's voices that you might recognize if you know people and, and try and find them that way. But it is it is kind of difficult, especially when you are in a place you've never been before or when there is a lot of people there. Um, so you're kind of just sitting there expecting people to approach you, which is, is great, but it's it shouldn't always be on other people. You also no. sh- should be able to do it. And you, it, it is a tough spot to be in sometimes well as um, you were saying at some of these shows you go to these in these clubs and bars and stuff you sit there and then it, it's so easy even now these days with your, your phone you like you could just sit there and text your friend who might be anywhere in the bar and you know someone who these people most people check their phones often these days if they see the text um, you know would you mind getting me a beer <laughs> you know and that's you know it takes a while to figure out the layout of a room when you can't see you have to use your skills to sort of you know, listen and, and, and space it out, you know, 
and you know listen for where the bar might be and where the stage might be and that takes time sometimes and uh, yeah like when we went up to to receive our new kids in town award I I I knew kind of where I needed to go because I could hear the pe- uh, p- people yeah. talking up there giving out the awards. But there's chairs um, set up all over the place. You got to, you know, it's like an obstacle course to get through. And no, don't go around that way. Go around the other way. Uh, and, and there's always there's the balance. There's a fast-paced of- awards show going on. And if you, how far are you going to slow up things by wandering up there on your own, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I did end up getting guided up there, but I, th- I would have been able to find it myself. Um, I, I'm pretty sure because I did know where it was, and yeah, well, like when I was I guided, said, I was like, "Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it." That's what but I yeah, thought. you do feel a little bit under pressure, and it's just it is the situation that it is. So, well, it's, it makes sense to pay attention even when you're being guided. It's harder because you you just it's like being in a car and just turning this way and that and right and left and left and left and right. But the, you know, pay attention even when you're being guided to where you know what direction you're going in, and you know. It can be done. It's just, yeah. So, you know, you do feel like you're an object that's sort of just sitting there, like some statue, and you don't know where to look and wh- where to listen and, and when a crowd's buzzing and voices all around you and stuff. Yeah, definitely the being a loud environment doesn't help, and I've experienced that a lot at shows or wherever I might go. A lot of these places are so loud and echoey and there's so much going on, whereas if you're in a quiet space, you know, you you, you might be able to, you can focus a little better. It's the same as traveling outside when it's really windy or it's really mm. rainy or snowy it um it makes it a little more difficult than when it's just a nice calm day and you can sort of relax and really focus on on what you're doing but um you know you can't let we don't want to let that stop us and you know with the music you play and the shows you attend that's one way you get out and i you know me i have a bit of anxiety about the, these things but at the same time you know i could have said oh i don't want going to this award thing but i I didn't want to miss the opportunity, and I, I was appreciated being invited. So, you, you know, it's hard to not let these things hold me back, me specifically anyway, but, but and they do sometimes. I admit some days I have a day where I just, like, oh, I just can't face that. Yeah, I mean, it, also, it always depends on the day, um, and a lot of it is just experience, and the more you do it, you do get more used to it. It's never, it, it's, it's not like it ever becomes super easy. There's always those times, but um, it's... It's an ongoing thing, and it's you're not going to get any better if you don't just face it and go for it. But uh, but if you have to go to the bathroom and you're in a loud place and you don't know where everybody is, what are you going to do? Either you sit there and pee your pants in your chair, or you get up and find the washroom. Yeah, and you can you know say you can't if you can't text someone or there isn't someone there that specifically that you know. You just get up and you start walking, and then you hear where someone's talking, and you you just Ask come up close and say, "Excuse me, I'm looking for the washroom. Can you direct?" But often, that direction. you may feel invisible sitting somewhere, someone puts you somewhere, and all of a sudden, you stand up to try and get somewhere on your own, and all of a sudden, then you're not, you know, then you're totally visible, and people suddenly jump to attention. Oh, where are you going? What do you need? Are you okay? You know, that's just funny. It's yeah, strange, it's, but it's, funny. it's a weird, it's a, it is a weird situation. Weird dynamic there. You can understand why, you know, it's just, it isn't as, as normal for people to to interact with someone who's blind so they they do get sometimes a little bit intense and stuff but at the same time it's there's no need it's you know we're all people and we're all and all that comes with with time and awareness and some good conversations once you got going there Friday night and a few drinks right yeah it helped I knew I knew a few people mm, there a few, well, yeah. a few more than you you knew because mm-hmm. you kind of just started here more so um, so that always helps but also the thing about going to those thing, uh, those events which anyone can face is you tend to 
draw towards the people that you already know, but the point is to try to talk to new people and mm-hmm. meet new people. And that's the thing. He's like, we should have right away went in there and said, we're not sitting beside each other. Sorry. Yeah. Bye. And that's what we've always discussed when we go to these But it's kind of like when it, whenever and- it involves Outlook, we're this brother and sister duo. So, you know, it's sometimes at a social event, you could, you could separate, I guess. But um, I just thought I should go because I thought, you know, I should put a, a face more of a face to the voice that's on, on this show every Monday at 11 um, for anybody there who, you know, doesn't know me. But Yeah, that was a great opportunity. Thanks again, Radio Western, yes, for our uh, award. And Hope to do many more shows. Yeah, we'll be back next Monday. Same time, same place. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB, Facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. Thank you. See you next week. <laughs>